Welcome to the Better Off Podcast. We're sponsored by Betterment, the largest independent online financial advisor. Okay, so it is Christmas week. A lot of you guys are off. And maybe you didn't listen to every single one of our shows throughout 2018. If you didn't, that's okay. Because Mark and I have done the impossible. We've gone through every single one of the calls that we did throughout the year. And we tried to pick what we thought were the two best calls. Now, best, really, it's completely subjective. So don't judge us based on this. We just liked these calls. They were different. They were fun. This show is absolutely based on giving you unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and your life. For me, that means I talk to you. You are the people who make this show what it is. The guests are great. I love the guests. It's fun to have them. But this is about you. And we are so grateful for everything that you guys do for us, not the least of which is sending us fantastic questions, Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com, and also just being willing to come on the air with us. It's fantastic. This call was really one for the books. It's Jenny from Seattle. You're listening to Better Off with Jill Schlesinger. Hello, Jenny. What can we do for you? Hi, Jill. So, uh, good morning. Thanks for agreeing to chat with me. Um, So, my husband and I recently inherited a shit ton of money um, under some pretty awful circumstances. Oh, I'm sorry. And, yeah, uh, you know, cancer doesn't care if you're a, a savvy saver. Uh, no. But it's... your relatives do. So I'm, I'm super grateful to my dad and his, um, his financial acumen. Yeah, uh, I'm so sorry. It, it is weird. I find that it's very strange when someone dies and then all of a sudden it's like this money thing goes boom right into your life. And it does make the process is strange because like you're in your grieving process, but then you've got to make decisions. So it's tough. It's really tough. So I'm very sorry for your loss. What was the inheritance that he left you? So he left us, um, each my brother and sister as well, um, $707,000 uh, in a beneficiary IRA and then uh, three grand in a rollover IRA. 707, uh, hold on a second, quick question. 707 yeah, total or 707 each? Uh, each. Oh, that's yeah. a serious number. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, he had, he had just retired. Oh. And like, cancer like blacked him out of nowhere and so like he had this huge pot of money that he was like planning on spending and like Mm. like he i mean he had been traveling he had been dumping money like he was at a strip bar you know so like he had he had really enjoyed a lot of the the money that he had made so you've got this big pile of money tell me a little bit about yourself so i am a medical social worker working in a primary care clinic i graduated um, with my master's degree in 2016, it was a career change. Um, I'm, I'm 35 years old. My husband's 33. And the, my, my early 20s, I was actually an adult film star and made a ton of money but didn't save any of it. Hold on. So. This is a first for the program. <laughs> this is a first for the program. I, I feel very honored that you are the first. Oh, well, thank you. I feel honored to be the first. All right. So so you've made this amazing shift. How fantastic is that? Do you guys have kids? Uh, we do. We actually just had our first daughter. Um, you might hear her squealing in the background. 
Uh, but she was she was actually born two days after my dad died. Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. Oh, this we're is... just trying to feel all of the feelings at once. Oh my here. god! I mean, talk about the cycle of life and the circle of life. My gosh. So now you are a social worker, and yes. does your husband work? He does. He is. Um, he is a customer service manager of a a big operation that handles uh, beverage departments for some of the bigger companies mm-hmm. in Seattle. Okay. And how are you guys doing together? Forgetting about this uh, this inheritance, how are you doing in terms of your total cash flow together? Yeah, I mean, so as it stands, we're bringing in about 110000 combined, which in Seattle is basically the poverty. No, line. it's middle class. Don't say poverty. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, It's. I understand the cost of living is very steep there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So we're so we're bringing in about 110 combined. My finances are due to change, and I'm only working three days a week, and I'm I'm bringing in about 50 grand. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I were to work full time, uh, that would go up. Now you said you went back to get your uh, masters. Did you mm-hmm. pay for that out of cash flow, or did you get a loan? I got a loan, so I have I have 74 grand in uh, student debt, so three different loan group rates. Would you say it's like mostly uh, five to six percent ish, three to three, four, five, six percent ish? Yep, three okay. to five point six percent. Okay, good. Um, and so you've got that. Any other credit card debt? Uh, no credit. Well, I mean, we use a credit card instead of our debit card so that we can get miles, but mm-hmm. we pay it off every single month. Um, and then uh, we have a car, mm-hmm. and that's like ten grand. Okay, we've been we've been paying that off. So. Okay, that's good. So now you've got this life changing event, at emotionally, yeah. but also financially. And so yeah. let's talk about this money that you have now inherited, which is approximately $710,000. Tell me what you're thinking about in terms of what that money is going to be earmarked for in your mind. Well, so when, when my dad got his cancer diagnosis, which was actually only three weeks before he died, um, he, you know, he, he was a straight shooter and mm-hmm. he, he's straight to the point we have a a long family history of, of medical professionals. So he called us up and he said, you're going to inherit a shit ton of money. This is how I envision you spending it and mm-hmm. managing it. And so he had wanted us to take out enough for um, a two-year emergency fund. He estimated about 50 grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted us to take out enough to cover at least 20% of a down payment on a home. And then he wanted us to leave the rest of it untouched in the beneficiary IRA, okay. which is no problem. Except that, of course, I'm going to trump your father's wishes in one second. I'm going to absolutely give you the advice that's in your best interest, okay? And okay. then we're going to go and we're going to also make sure that we keep your dad's wishes in mind as we do that, okay? So mm-hmm. quick question for you. Um, mm-hmm. You've got the retirement assets. Are there any other assets that are due in? Did he have a bank account? Did he have anything else? In other words, are you due more or is it this is the 710, the the total? So he um, he had owned a house and um, there was still some to pay off, but he had actually withdrawn enough money from his uh, 401 or his rollover so that I could pay off the mortgage before we closed out probate and everything. Mm-hmm. So the house will be paid for in full. Um, before the distribution of assets goes. My dad had wanted my little sister 
to purchase the house from my brother and I. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but his, his first request was that we renovate the house and then throw a giant party in it. So we've renovated the house and we're getting ready for the party. The party's uh, coming up in two weeks, actually. Um, and so we have to have it reassessed. But before the renovation started, it was valued at 330000 I'm guessing it'll, it'll gain at least... Thirty grand, but probably not much more than that. It's, it'll, it's already like priced out of the neighborhood. Yeah, I was just going to say. So you're going to get 120 grand at some point in the next few months, and so okay, this is kind of this works out beautifully. How much do you guys have, or you and your husband have right now, in sort of a safe emergency fund? Because Dad said he wanted you to have fifty. What do you have already? So we have twenty. 20. Okay, great. Yeah, we have 20 and then eight, like eight grand that we sort of work with um, in our other funds. But we have 20. Let's call it 20. Okay. Untouched. Perfect. All right. Now, so then you're going to have this money that comes in from the sale of the house, which is great. Mm -hmm. And you're also going to need to be thinking about a house. I mean, what do you got to pay to buy a house in Seattle? So the neighborhood that we that we currently live in that we would obviously love to buy in, mm-hmm. um, homes are pricing at about um, eight nine hundred thousand, and they're selling for at least twenty percent over asking price. Oh, good God! So where would you go? So we've talked about Texas um, uh, because it's it's a tax friendly yep. state. Um, there's uh, my my husband's company is also down there, so he could transfer easily. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a therapist, so I'm I'm portable. Uh, we've talked about Ohio. I think I have a rough game plan of what I'm thinking about. So right now, for you guys, um, you're are you guys putting money away into retirement in general right now? Yeah, we are. So he has twenty grand in his rollover four hundred one k from a last job. Mm-hmm. His new job, he's putting in six percent with a employer match at six mm-hmm. percent. Mm. Um, I've just qualified for the employee four hundred one through my company, and so I'm actually putting in ten percent, uh, trying to make up some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think they're four percent contribution, um, and then I I had started a Roth IRA last year, like as soon as I got done with college to try and, I wasn't sure when I would have the 401k. So there's only about two grand in there though. All right. I got a game plan for you. You ready? Here's what we're going to do. First of all, you're not going to do anything right now because, you know, you don't need, there's nothing like there's no gun to your head. So what I think is going to happen is once you get the money from the sale of the house, you said, you know, you're going to get this, say, let's say it's 120,000. The first thing you're going to do is from that 120 is you're going to put 30 grand into your emergency reserve. You know why? Because your dad's probably right. Have two years in the bank. What the hell? It's not the worst thing in the world. It makes your life a little bit easier, right? So now we've got 90 grand that's left. The smartest thing that you probably could do that would relieve your cash flow would be to pay off your student loans. However, however... If you think you're going to buy a house sooner rather than later, then I might want to keep some of that money set aside also for your house purchase. Because in some respects, I'd almost prefer that you leave the inherited IRA alone for as long as you can. I mean, you have to probably take distributions because mm-hmm. he was already in distribution. Was he taking distributions already? Yeah, yeah, we have taken them card. Okay. There's kind of two choices here. One is, hey, right now... I'm going to just take this chunk of money, this 120. I'm going to get my emergency reserve fund topped off to 50. I'm going to take the rest of the money and I'm going to pay down all my student loans and my car loan. 
and I'm done. And that's it. And that's what we just do. And for then, then we start to really consider what are we going to do in terms of buying a house? And if you do buy a house, then you could conceivably just pull money from the from the inherited IRA, pay the tax that's due and Mm -hmm. buy yourself a house. It really depends on when the house purchase you think is going to take place. If you really don't think, if you're like, hey, look, you know what? I want to stay in Seattle. I'm going to rent for a while. I'm going to leave my options open. Then I don't think that there's a reason to keep this money set aside. If you really are like thinking, I'm going to Texas and Texas is happening like by 2019, end of 2019, I want to buy a house. You know, you have to really decide how fast you want to make that happen. In my experience, not making huge choices and big moves right after someone dies and someone has a baby is probably like a better plan. You've got a lot of things that have just happened to you. You're juggling a ton of stuff. And I think what might make you feel really happy and settled is a whole lot of nothingness in terms of finishing yeah. out what you got to do. Don't go for to five days a week of work. There's no need to. Just do that what never you... never worked out. That sounds terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. So you just say, okay, now I basically got dad's wishes done. I bet if he were alive, he'd be like, you're not paying six per five and a half percent for some dumb loan. You're going to pay that off. Yeah. And so um, you can clear the decks, mm-hmm. have nice cash flow. You can save more money in your retirement accounts because now you don't have to make the payments on the student loans or the car, right? Mm -hmm. And now you can put a little bit more in your retirement account and settle down and relax and don't worry about buying a house this second. You can then really give yourself some time and an opportunity to find a place where you want to raise that little girl who's got a beautiful soprano and um, just chill, just like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I'm okay with that. You know, I, my dad had, he was, he was a firm believer of like money earmarks for one thing can easily be redirected to another. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, he didn't know the depth of our financial situation. He knew I took out loans and um, I don't think he he knew the the details of it. And I think this is something that he would get behind. And frankly, um, if we were to pay off the car and my student debt um, or a large chunk of my student debt, it's free up at least, Seven eight hundred bucks a month that we could redirect towards a different savings. Right, right, and I think that that's to me. I think it gives you plenty of options, and you know, you're making this amazing legacy. You are really making the most of it as you think about your life going forward. Um, you know, it, it also clears out all, you know, any impediment. You've got so many different options and there's no rush. There's no rush. I mean, your father did uh, such a mitzvah for you. I know that, you know, it's it's tough to sort of say like this good thing happened to me as this horrible thing happened to me. But yeah. I think that you are going to be financially in very good shape and just don't worry. You don't have to make any huge decisions quickly. But otherwise, you are in very good shape, Jenny, from Seattle, maybe from Texas, maybe from Ohio, and maybe from Tennessee, for all I know. I cannot thank you enough for sharing this pretty intense story with us. We'll be here for you if you need anything else. And let us know if we can help you out, okay? Thanks, Joe. I really appreciate your time. This is Better Off with Jill Schlesinger. Okay, I think you got to admit that was a pretty remarkable call 
Once again, Jenny, we are grateful that you participated. Next up, we are talking about student loan debt, something that is on the mind of so many of you, whether you're carrying your own, whether you're helping your kids pay off theirs, or whether you're making decisions about college in general. Student loan debt is a biggie, and that's why we chose Megan from North Carolina as the second call of the year. Here's our conversation with Megan. You're listening to Better Off with Jill Schlesinger. Hello, Megan. Welcome to the show. What can I do for you? Hi, Jill. Thanks very much. Um, I have a bit of a problem. Um, I have over $100,000 in debt to pay off. and. Eek. Uh, yeah, and um, I just crunched the numbers a few weeks ago because I think I was tr- trying to avoid it a little bit, and uh, it kind of snuck up on me, and now I'm kind of panicking, mm. um, basically because I'm also in transition between two careers right now as well. So I was wondering if you could help me. <laughs> I sure can. So let's talk a little bit. So we're, is this just student debt? Well, I've got 82000 in student loans. 8600 on a car loan, and then 14000 I owe to my mom um, because she's paying for continuous, like a continuing education class to switch careers. What career me. were you going for, and what are you switching into? So where were you, and what, what's happening now? So I actually lived in New York City for seven years, and for the first two years, I got a master's degree, which is where most of this debt is coming from in art history. And for five years, I tried to make it in the museum world in New York, and it just was not happening. Uh, my average salary there was 35000 a year. So Stop it. I just, yeah, I just could not make a dent in my loans. It just wasn't happening. And so um, through a lot of research and a lot of encouragement from friends and family, I decided to take a coding boot camp. Um, and the reason I'm in North Carolina is because my mother lives here and said, come and live with me and do it here so you can save some money. I love your so mom. She's so practical. Yeah. yeah, she's great. She's a CFO, actually. So uh-huh. I really love her. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I'm living off savings right now. And uh, but I kind of am a number person. I go over my numbers all the time. So that's why I looked at this and I said, I need to call Jill. OK, <laughs> what do you have in savings right now? Um, only, I've got $4,500 left. Oh, brother. What's happening with the student loan debt? Is this mostly federal student loans? It's all federal student loans. Okay, well, that's good. Have you done any sort of um, deferment or loan consolidation? Um, well, I, I think my loans are consolidated. They're on myfedloan.org, mm-hmm. so they're all right there for me to pay. And it's in forbearance right now, but I am making um, a payment of $150 a month just to try and keep it at bay. But mm-hmm. it doesn't really seem to be doing anything because the interest just keeps piling on. Yeah, I got yeah. you. So, okay, so every but you have one payment that you're making. That's that's usually the, the key that you have made that consolidation move okay. over at yes. studentloans.gov. So everyone listening, by the way... That, you know, if you've got these various debts, go on to studentloans.gov and you can get a lot of information there about maybe consolidating and trying to figure out what's your various options may be. Okay, 
So now um, in forbearance, but it will come out of forbearance when you're done, right? With uh, right. the schooling. In June um, is when the forbearance ends. Okay. And at that time in June, what will your payment be monthly? Do you know? Um, I think it, I was on an income-based repayment plan. Mm-hmm. And um, if my salary is what I think it will be, I think it'll be around $300. All right. What do you think your salary is going to be? Well, so I, in this boot camp, it's a, it's a, coding boot camp and so they have recruitment here and they said it can be anywhere between 45,000 to 65,000. Wow. So I'm, All right. Yeah. So I'm hoping for maybe around 55,000. All right, even you know. if it were 50 though. I mean, you could certainly you could certainly start paying the $300 a month and probably right. more than that. Is the game yeah. plan to basically keep paying at that $300 level or could you pay more if, if I guess you don't, the only way you could really pay more is if you continue to live with mom so what exactly. is that okay exactly and she's so cool that with is, that yes she is and it, I guess it basically depends on where I would get a job because I've kind of told the recruiter I will go anywhere I just want a job <laughs> right although but but you would prefer I mean I you know prefer to stay in North Carolina so you can live with exactly. mom okay so at this point, um, talk a little bit about the the loan to mom. Is is that something that is accruing interest? How are you guys? No, just, no, no. Just like you want to like, I want to pay that off because mom's been so great. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But I think she would give me some leeway to pay down my other debts first uh-huh. and maybe pay her a payment of, you know, 50 bucks or something. Uh-huh. Just like a token just to know like, hey, I'm doing this, mom. Yes. Okay. The car loan. What mm-hmm. about that? What's the interest rate on that? It's only 2.4 because I'm okay. with a credit union and okay. it's a great credit union and I got a loan through them. So Great. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you need to be paying more than $300 a month to get this yes. thing really paid off. So mm-hmm. in even if you had a job that was, say, 60000 at mm-hmm. um, some remote location that would require you moving versus 50000 where you are, it's still maybe better off to stay where you are because how are you going to pay, you know, I don't know where you're looking, but, you know, rents can be very different. So I would really get going and and make sure I I would encourage the recruiter to say, I know I said anywhere and it will be anywhere because obviously you'll go anywhere versus not having a job at all. That said, I really think you should try to stay with mom. Are you the only child or are there other sibs? I, I'm not the only child, but I'm the only child who needs help. <laughs> How about that? Okay. Let me ask you a question. Mom sounds like she's very, you know, out there, advanced, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. she, she got a few bucks herself? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's good, right? Yeah. yeah she's okay. real good. Like, she invested in Ethereum nine months ago at 4000 Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. <laughs> so here's my question to you. Looking at the siblings, how many siblings are there? There's two of us. Two of you. Okay. So here's a question that I have for you that you might want to put forth to mom. What would mom's reaction be if you said, mom, I think that right now I'm living under this huge burden and Mm -hmm. I know you got a few bucks. What would you think if you basically made a distribution to me that like my basically get not a loan, but just basically say, I want the money that I will be inheriting. Like I need the hundred grand now. And just like 
alter your estate documents to say that whatever's left, I get 100 grand less at the end of the day. Since she's a CFO, maybe Mm -hmm. she would go for this. Here's what I'm thinking. At this point, you know, you're just going to have this huge burden. And if she has a bunch of money and she's already made a bunch of money, wouldn't you be wouldn't you rather have a hundred grand right now than a hundred grand in thirty years when she dies? Definitely. I will say though, she's told me this over and over again. I'm dying with zero money. She's like, oh. You're not getting anything. I'm spending everything. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. I could drive, but okay. <laughs> I'll just tell you that right now. It's gonna take you a while to pay down this note, right? Oh, All yeah. of this, right? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously what you need to do is to get really tight on the budget. And if I mean, if she says that, then don't even bring this up to her, because, you know, if that's I don't want to cause anything. I mean, there are a lot of parents who are listening where I really do think it's sometimes worthwhile to say to your kids, look, the money's more important to you right now. Let me give you the money today. But you're not getting it in the future. This is it. This is your one shot. And that is it. But I think if mom's basically saying I'm spending all of my money, then I don't think necessarily that she might be the best person to go to. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a joke, but I'm you kind of think it's true. Yeah, I kind of think it's true, too. But she's she and I are very close. So I think I might bring it up to her anyway and see see what she says. What did you Mark's making a suggestion here? Okay. Okay. So here's another idea. Like if mom has all this money is a possibility. Mom, if she had the money, you could say to her, like, look, if you have the money available from your Ethereum proceeds, why don't Mm -hmm. we just pay off the car loan and pay off a chunk of the student loan debt? And then I'll just make payments to you overall for that and get a little relief there. Because obviously, you know, what you want to try to do is lower the interest amount, but also lower this the whole the the corpus of what you owe. So that could be a possibility. I really do think, Mark, because he we're, we're sitting here brainstorming. I think the, the answer is obvious, which is, you know, I need 100 grand today. If you don't get 100 grand from her, then you're going to just have to do what everyone else does when you have debt, which is take a look at all the debt you have and start paying down highest interest to lowest interest. I bet that that student loan debt is probably at 6%-ish. Uh, they're like seven and eight percent. Yeah. Like that's a real number. So, I mean, even if mom had some money in the bank and you said, hey, you know what? If you got money in the bank, I'd rather I'll pay you four percent because the bank's earning one percent. And instead of paying eight percent on these loans, I mean, the reality is that it's just not going away fast. And the only way to get it done fast is if someone has a lump sum. If you don't have a lump sum, then you you have you're stuck with exactly what you're doing, which is. I'm going to pay off my highest interest first. I'm going to accelerate it. But all of this is going to be predicated on you being able to be employed and live with mom. That's right. that's for real. Um, you know, it's fascinating. I was I, in pre- preparation for this call. I was just looking at this new research by the Brookings Institute. And mm-hmm. what they have found is that the people who have borrowers who have more than $50,000 in balances are literally you. I mean, it's crazy because Mm -hmm. this has to do, it says um, borrowers are mostly graduate students, often at selective institutions. 
And yeah. the reason is that they'll lend you the money because they figure, oh, you're getting a graduate degree. So, of course, you'll pay the money back. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I get that. I get why you did it. I get that, you know, it was sucky that you went into a field where you can't make any money. I think that unless mom wants to kind of help you get on a game plan, maybe do something a little bit more creative where you can try to cut down the amount of interest you owe whether it's to her or, you know, obviously get just get this big chunk paid. And maybe this is something you just start talking to her like, OK, if I if I were a business problem, how would we solve this problem? Because mm, honestly, Megan, if you're just not going to pay this off for like 20 years, if you're making 50 grand a year, just not. So and if she has the money and she wants to spend all her money, well, then maybe she just wants to maybe she could spend a little bit less of it. And I mean, she wants to help you out. That's why she gave you the 14 grand. Yeah, that's why she's letting me live with her. <laughs> right. So she wants to help you out. So just say to her, look, uh, here's a teaching moment, mom. Like, what would you do if you got a business problem? This is a bad loan. And play her okay. this call, maybe. Maybe you just say, hey, look, I talked to this person. We ch- we're we kind of working through. I, I, I mean, look, I just think that for you to battle out from underneath this, you need, uh, you're going to have to take a, a bit of a, a leap here. And maybe she okay. will help you with that. But I well, mean, my look, birthday's in a few days, so maybe I can say, "Hey, you know what I birthday. want for my birthday, mom? I want eighty-two thousand yeah. dollars. Would that yeah. be okay, mom? How about that? <laughs> I mean, right. and and obviously, if you get more money and you're making a living and you're making these payments, she knows that you're not a deadbeat. That's right. that's the thing, and and you've already proven that I think, and you've made a mature decision, which is, oh, I just wanted, you know, my dream of being an art historian. I've just walked away from that. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Right. So my fe- my biggest um, fear for you is that once you have this much debt, it's just going to keep ballooning up in terms of because you're never going to make enough of a a, a a big dent in it. So yeah. um, that's my fear too. <laughs> so let's so let's talk to her about it. Just say I don't want to be live in fear. Okay. All right. I think that's probably pretty good advice for all of us. Don't live in fear. By the way, don't also live in greed. Those are the two big emotions that we always talk about. So as we come to the end of this show, and this is the last show of the year, I have to thank all of the guests who have participated all year long and all of the callers. You guys are fantastic. Also want to mention you who have emailed us. We appreciate it. If you have financial questions, if you're ready to get those darn New Year's resolutions going, send us an email. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Telercio is our executive producer. We are distributed by Cadence 13. And for all of 2018, we were sponsored by Betterment. See you in 2019.